You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Since we've done about Erev Tavshilin, and we've gone into other areas, uh, and some really interesting ones, I think, about the nature of Yomtev, the nature of Shabbos, the nature really of, um, of, of, of so much of our calendar, um, the uh yeah the i think it's important i think it's important i i just want to say i was gonna there was gonna i was gonna give a hesper today of the novominska rebbe and i probably am gonna do it uh at a different time because i don't think i'm ready for it but he said a beautiful idea he said that when you say shema yisrael hashem elken hashem elchod that's rosh hashanah when you say baruch shem kavod malchus that's yom kippur and then we have to as hashem the Midrashim say those are the three of the Shoah Shragolim. That is, the lave, of course, is, is Pesach. When the Neshama sort of gets energized, that's Shuas. And Machol Maidech, of course, is uh, Sukkis, when you have uh, the sense of Simcha on all your possessions. So really, again, we, we've sort of done all the Yom Tevim here. And it's all part of what our, you could look at it almost like part of the daily Kriyashma. And this piece of Gemara, we've talked about Shabbos, Yontif, Rosh Hashanah, even Yom Kippur a little bit. So uh, I think it's a, it's been a good little journey. But now we're back to practical stuff. Okay, you've got to, on, so that would be, for example, coming up this year, that would be on uh, Thursday afternoon. Um, what would you have to do? You you would have to. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's possible too. Again, there again, it's it, it has to do uh, Avi Avrami uh, with the the midrashim say or Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. That Avram is 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 bechol and and there's sources that connect Avram to Pesach. Um, it's the beginning, the birth. Yitzchok, because of the shofar and the ayol and Midas Adin and everything else that's connected to Matan Torah, uh, and Shuas is Yitzchok. And then Yaakov, it says, and Yaakov actually was, it says, Yaakov Nosa Sukosa, that Yaakov actually was involved. Yeah, Yankov, yes, Yaakov Avinu was involved in Sukkos. <laughs> so therefore, uh, that was the idea of, of why uh, those holidays are connected. But again, it's just really a Jewish, but I think it's something, it's a good thing to to keep in mind. You know, the, every time you say Kriyashma, in a certain sense, you're you're touching a little stone uh, that radiates the holidays that, that that really form the structure of our life. But anyway, back to Erev Tavshilin. Amar Tavshil. Ah, the Mishnah talked about Tavshil, talked about making a, a kogel. Aha, a, a, a fish that you cooked. We talked about the fish and the egg, remember? <laughs> Seems like a hundred years ago, but we talked about the fish and the egg. Avopaslo. A beautiful, we talked about yesterday about Spanky getting, or two days ago, this beautiful piece of bread, this kishmaka piece of bread, this little bulka. That don't work. Wow. So again, don't. I, I know what you're going to tell me. I do put a piece of bread down. We'll see in a minute. According to Abaya, Erev Tavshilin, pas doesn't work. Okay? 
<laughs> pas doesn't work. No matter yeah, no matter what it's made out of. Even if it has alfalfa in it, it doesn't work. Pas doesn't work, Abaya says. Hmm. So the Gemara wants to know. You can't use like a, a, a freshly baked bread to stand for Erechabshilin. Maishna Pastavo. Why should pas not be good? Hmm. So let's think about it. Elema, maybe Elema is a Kigamar word. Elema, if it's a compound word. E is if. Lema, you're going to say. If you think of saying, hmm, I'll tell you what the principle of Erev Tavshilin is. Mide de milafat be'inon. Hmm, mide means something. Be'inon means is needed. Something that's needed that's milafet. It's milafet. Uh-huh. Now, lefet is technically uh, the name of a vegetable. <laughs> it's technically the name of a turnip is called a lefet, is a vegetable. But the reason why it gets that name, there might be some uh, a linguist who could show you other uh, Semitic languages that the term for turnip was dissimilar. But it really means something. The turnips, and uh, people in my house know about that, um, the, was something that was ground or or baked in a way that what happens to it is that it becomes a side dish, becomes something that melafate means to sort of like hug, like cheek to cheek to be connected. That's what melafate is also means like to, <clears throat> the Gemara speaks about, Gemara speaks about um, uh, a Palti bin Laish, who was um, uh, supposed to get involved with uh, Michal after David was thrown out of the uh, of the kingdom, and we talk about them being malafet that there was this idea of of hugging, connecting. So basically, what we're talking about is something that it's we take it as a as, as an obvious today. <clears throat> okay, where's the hummus? Where's the salsa? That wasn't obvious in there in those days. That was something that you would have on a special day, a dip. Bread, in other words, you would have every day. Okay, um, the bread is sort of like the, the 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 key component. Again, I know we eat different today. Uh, we're different in terms of our carbs, but again, we have to look at it in those in in in, in the perspective of that time. What was it? We want something that's like a fan, a dip, something that goes together, something you would dip your bread in. So that let's now read the words again. Yeah, that is correct. It's sort of like bread's the staple. And what we're trying to do is, what we're trying to do is actually see, um, something that is special. So let's see it again. Because remember, it has to be connected to Yontav. We know that it's a, we know that it's a, a fiction. You're not really, this is not your, your Shabbos meal. But it has to be something that is special and that, in a sense, connects to what a Shabbos meal is. So let's read the words again. My time, what could be the reason? Elema demide de um you know I, I, I skipped something. Oh here it is. Elema mide de milafat be'inen. You need something that's like a dip, 
something that connects, something that hugs the bread. Upas, bread, for all its significance, you don't dip, bread is the, like you said, the staple, pasal, melafta, pas you're going to have every day, right? Rashi points out here, I'll just read four words of the Rashi, shaharei bechol yom yesh it might not be as good as the challah you make on Shabbos, but essentially people had bread every day, whether it was left over from the day before or baked fresh. But bread is not the indicator, oh, this is Shabbos. It doesn't stand for Shabbos. Okay. Therefore, you need something, a, a dish that would go on the bread, that you would either uh, schmear on the bread, you'd eat together with the bread, but it wouldn't just be the bread. Hopefully, it'll be something you actually dip in the bread, something that you actually enjoy enhancing the bread. That's the enhancement of a Shabbos meal. Hmm. So the Gemara says, if that's true, v'hodaisa. Yeah. What about daisa? Now, daisa is, in modern Hebrew, they call it cereal. In modern Hebrew, people say they're going to go buy daisa. That's what they're talking about. In terms of the Talmud, in terms of what the mission in the Talmud means, daisa is a kernel. It's it's one of the grains, most often wheat. That was the kernel was uh, either put into the oven, uh, boiled, and then they take the kernel out. They don't put it, make it into flour. They would uh, cut the kernel into smaller pieces, and then boil it. Uh, or boil with a bigger piece and then cut the pieces. And that's what daisa was. So it sort of is like cereal, what we call cereal. But, it, you know, again, it wasn't like Kellogg's cornflakes. It was it was daisa, and it was considered, and I guess part of it is that it sticks together once you cook these little pieces together in water. And, you know, uh, many people call cream of wheat or something like that. So that's what daisa is. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what Pharaoh is, but I guess so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Uh, uh, you can take a look and see how it's translated there, Kathy. If you, I don't know if you still have the, the the Talmud book with you, how they translate Daisa. But that's I'm telling you what the Gemara explains what Daisa is. Hmm. Dice is not something you dip your bread in. <laughs> dice is not something that's supposed to. Uh, uh, dice is not something you're supposed to. Yeah, okay, that's basically what I said. Yeah, right. So dice is is something that you don't dip your bread in. It's not like okay, here's here's your bread and here's your here's your dice, and dip the bread in. We don't do that. How do we know that that's sort of weird behavior? The Yomar Rebzeira, because Rebzeira, he was a convert in a way. He wasn't really a convert. He was a Babylonian who moved to Eretz Yisrael, and he's all through Shas, always known as a great lover of Eretz Yisrael, who gave up a very thriving life that he had. He had studied under the great rabbis of, of, of Bavel, and his dream was actually to leave Bavel, which is what he did. And he went to Israel. And uh, it was in Israel, in Eretz Yisrael, that uh, the Talmud tells us about him, that he uh, he discovered there was such a different mentality, and he was used to thinking the way he had, 
that he fasted for a hundred or 101 times to be able to cleanse himself of the Golis way of thinking, of the, of the Bovel way of thinking. He became a, a huge, um, yeah. He became a, uh, a, 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 a almost a super adherent of Eretz Yisrael, which is interesting because the people, <laughs> they didn't accept him completely, just like my son Nachemi and others have found that even if you go with the greatest uh, uh, love of the land, the people that are living there still consider you a chulnik of someone from Chutzlarts. And Reb Zeyra sort of dealt with that. Now that we're learning your Shalmi and you can get those recordings uh, online, and I know Sheila's been been, been listening in on, on that, and we really appreciate it, and Hanukkah also, um, you'll see Reb Zeyra shows up all the time in the Yerushalmi. He's there a lot. Uh, so Reb Zeyra is interesting, especially this statement that he's going to make. He says, Reb Zeyra said, Hani Bavloi, which he used to be. <laughs> those Babylonians, what are they? Tip Shoi. They are foolish. Like we say, a tippish. They're foolish. Why are they foolish? Actually, the word actually means like an extra fat layer on their brain. That's really what it means. Like tofesh is like, it's like they're really so foolish. You'll see them eating bread and then like dipping their bread like with into cereal, dipping their bread into the grains. And boy, are they silly. They are considered very silly people. Um, yeah, okay. But imagine, whether it's porridge or cereal, here you are dipping bread into, into porridge. Boy, is that silly. Um, and that was something that, that Zayra would talk about, sort of like, and say, I'm happy I left them. Boy, were they silly. A part of it, I guess, was the fact they didn't have the wealth of fruits and and other sort of interesting foods that people in Eretz Yisrael had. You can't blame them. They were just doing their best. But the point was, is that they didn't realize, this is what Observer's point was, they didn't realize that that the porridge, the cereal, that cooked wheat, was really another form of bread. And, and they thought it was like a secondary thing. They didn't realize it's really an aspect. Maybe you make mizonos on it because you don't really begin your meal with it. But that's a, that's not really a second course. That's like an extension of bread. Okay. So that would mean those two arguments would say that for Erev Tavshilin, you can't use this porridge, this, this cereal. But Amar Rav Nechume, Bar Zacharya. Okay, if I would be having some time, I'd look him up how many times he shows up in Shas. He's not that familiar of a, a name. Nechumi Bar Zacharya. Mishmei in the name of the Abaya, in the name of Abaya. Abaya is as Babylonian as you get. I don't know if he ever was in Eretz Yisrael. He uh, held, held hold uh, the yeshiva in Pumpadisa. Of course, Abaya and Rovo, they always go together. So he's definitely Babylonian. But he paskent, uh that what? Ma'arvin, that you do, you are able to set up an Eruv, Tavshilin, Bidaisa. With porridge. Hmm. So that's now, if you take a look, my friends, that's the same Abaya as here, Amar Abaya. So <laughs> you see clearly here that if Abaya is the one who told us that you can't use bread, 
why is Abaya telling us, in the name of Abaya, that you can't use porridge? So it can't be because bread is the staple and not the dish. Meaning that that can't be the idea. Because if that's true, then the same Abaya should have uh, told us that you cannot use porridge or cereal either. And yet you can use that. You can use that as your Erev Tavshilin. Okay, so what did Abaya mean then when he said you can't use bread? It can't be because it's not a dip. Porridge isn't a dip either. Porridge is also like a, a bread in a different form. Uh, it's to get you those uh, carbs or whatever it is. So it's it's not to give you that 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 fun dipping aspect, that that extra loving, embracing taste that that minimum lapis is. So what what did Abaya mean that bread's not good? Ella, we have to change that. Now, whenever you see the word Ella, right? You know, don't think about Memorex, <laughs> about Ella, right? Breaking the glass. What does Ella mean? But maybe you could use that metaphor if you want. <laughs> Ella is a reversal. Ella is always, we're going back. Whenever you have Ella, um, Ella means let's change stuff. Can we erase the blackboard, please, and change something? That's what Ella is. It's always it's usually translated as but. One of the worst words people who write English will tell you it's a it's it's not uh right. <laughs> yes uh, yes that is what I meant. So uh, what is the what is, what is Ella does not mean but it means we need to we need to return we need to come back we need to restate. So whenever you see Ella, you know that there's some sort of restatement and we are regretting or rejecting something that was said earlier. That's what Ella is. So Ella, Mide, it must be, it's something. Mide means something. Delo shchiach. What makes bread bad for Erev is that it is too common. Mide, something, delo shchiach, something that's uncommon. Ba'inon. That's what we need. We need something that is not going to be at every single meal, right? Something that's uncommon. Okay, it's not as fancy. It's not as beautiful as before. Something that's fancy, something that you're going to have for a special occasion. So we're toned, we're, we're toning it down. It's got to be something which isn't just a common food item that you're always going to have. Remember, shriach, like we saw yesterday in the Rashi, Here's the cursor, eshkachon, we find. Remember, not the word, like the opposite of forgetting, <laughs> something that's not around, something that's here. Shchiach, shochach, shchiach, something that is not so common. Okay, and therefore, Abaya was saying, upas, bread, rolls, maybe not as fancy as on Shabbos, but essentially bread is going to be at every meal. Shchicha is, is common, it's going to be probably at every meal. They ate two meals a day. That was what they had. Each meal had that bread. Vidaisa and and this porridge, this other material, it might be bread-like, and it might be just a, a, a poor or, or, or a cousin of bread, an extension of bread, but lo shchicha. The point is, maybe even in Bavel, it wasn't something that they had every meal. It wasn't something that was always around. 
maybe once a week, but that's still not, that still doesn't make it shchiyach. And therefore, it's good enough to stand for Shabbos. So this is a reversal of what we thought. Okay? So therefore, whatever the item is, it just can't be bread. Okay? So that is, according to this, the halach would be, uh, you know, you could you could probably put the cold porridge and say, and make a brach on the Erev, because we, we paskin like Beis Hillel, one thing is enough, and that could be your Erev. Okay? I, I guess, right, or, a, obviously a knedel or something like that could also be your Erev, right? Even though the knedel is made from matzah meal and wheat that you grind up, that's not bread. That, that's probably, yeah, so that probably would also be good enough. Now, the Gemara now throws us a curve, as it always does, and I, I have not run away from any line of the Gemara, and you don't run away just because you don't say, oh, no, here it comes again. But yes, some of you might be groaning the very next word. Here it comes. Ika di Amre. <laughs> there are some, Ika, there is the Amre that say. There's another version of what we just said. There's an Ika di Amre. So in other, the, the, in other words is right. The discussion we just had determining what you can use for an Erev was there's a different version of that with the same player. Um, you know, when I tried to explain this, uh, and it's just because of my particular uh, unique exposure to to things, I, I tried to explain this based on a Twilight Zone episode that um, it's about a person who is caught in a dream. He has the same... Um, terrible dream every night but the people in the dream are a little bit different like the same thing is happening he's going through some sort of uh judgment he's going through some sort of judgment every night but every night different people play different roles in that judgment like in one in one night the person who's his cellmate the next night he's the judge or, or the judge the next night is the lawyer. So it's sort of like the same people, but things are a little bit different. So it's, 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 it's eerie because you're going to, you can't get confused. It, it, and, and maybe it comes out a little bit different as well. I don't remember the episode, but that's sort of what Ika Amri is. You're going to find sort of the same thing, but the player might be saying something a little bit different and the end might be something different as well. So here's an example. Ika di Amri, Amar Abaya, it starts the same. Loishonu el Tavshil, that's what he said before as well, right? You can only use for Erev Tavshilin a cooked item. Avol Paslo, you can't use bread. My time, what's the reason why you can't use bread? Instead of saying because um, you need something as a dip, it says it started with what the Gemara's second uh part was becomes the first part. My time, what's the reason? Ilema, if you're going to say, demide de lo binan, you need something that is not there every single meal. Mide, something that was what, we start with what was number two before becomes number one here. Mide de lo binan. Upas And bread is common. Okay. Vahadaisa, 
Daisa is definitely not their every meal. And still, the same name, Nechumi Bar Zechariah, Mishmei Dabaya, same people. But just like in that Twilight Zone episode, they're saying something different. Ein Ma'arvin Bedaisa. Before, you can see it says, Habaya says, earlier, Ma'arvin Bedaisa. You could use porridge. You could use cereal for your Erev. Here, we're saying, Ein Ma'arvin Bedaisa. So, now, the contradiction in Abaya is, on one hand, Abaya says you can't use, you can't use bread. We assume the reason is, is because bread is such a staple, and so it's there every meal. But if that's true, you should be able to use porridge. And here, Abaya is saying you can't use porridge. The same Abaya. So therefore, we're going to end up saying, Ella, Mide, you need something, Dimilafat Be'inan. Something that you would use as a dip, something that you would dip the bread in, something that would be a company and upgrade and feel that you've actually not just had bread, but you've had bread plus something else, which is special. And therefore, path loma lift. Obviously, you don't bread is the is, is you don't dip bread in bread. Vidai tsunami, and even if you have porridge, loma lafta. It's not it's not something that you use as your dip dish. And then again, we quote the Rabzeira. Here comes Rabzeira in the dream. The Yomar Rabzeira, here he is. Hani Bavloi Tipshoi. These are these Babylonian fools. The Achli Nama Benahama. So the difference, obviously, between these two is what is the criteria of Erev Tavshilin? So to say it from a Talmudic perspective, according to the first Loshon, according to the first way, before the Ikadi Amre, you need something which is unusual. Porridge would be okay. If you need something that's supposed to be a, a dish that enhances, then porridge would not be okay. And whatever you use has to be something like that. Okay? So that would be according to the second Loshon. Now, so you're thinking now, well, they disagree with each other. What do we do about that? So as I've said a, a couple of days ago, look for the little letter. Zero in on the little letter. Here it is, this little gimel. That little gimel, as we know, if we talked about, takes us back up to the top to what the halacha would be. So we go up to the top, and we see, oh, it's on the other side. Aha. Here's Gimel, and here it is. Perik Vav, let's see. Perik Vav, again, remember I explained how to do this. We go to the Ein Mishpat. So here you have your, again, Rashi script here. Um, by the way, if Rashi script is difficult for you, there's things you can print out on the internet where you, they actually show you how Rashi, the Rashi script into the Hebrew uh, eventually you get it because they are similar enough but don't let it stand in your way use whatever crutch you can as we are doing Rashi's so let's take a look uh, so we'll know what this is so this is Mem Yud Yud Shrecho which we know stands for Rambam Perik Vav May okay I'm, I'm sort of going quick over here but Pei Vav I'm hearing everybody say Perik Vav okay May Hella May Hella with a little streichel, that of course means hilchot, me hilchot, that's shorthand for hilchot. Then we have another little shorthand word, a little, uh, another word that we know is not a real word, but it's short for something. We should know what this is already. Yot, 
Yot, of course, is Yom Tov. It's not like an old glory uh, side saying those Yots, those Yots, those youths. Yot, Yom Tov. Perek Vav Mehuchos Yom Tov. Halacha Gimel. So there, you, there is where you'd be able to find what the halacha is. The halacha sounds like that you can't use daisa. You can't use porridge. Okay? So it sounds like we, we go like the second lashon. Do we always do? Okay, that's a question. Which lashon is the one that we choose? There are rules of trying to figure out which one is the primary one. Sometimes you would say, well, if the first one was said first, maybe that means the editor likes the first one better. The rules are not ironclad, uh, whether we poskin like the second lotion or the first lotion. Sometimes there's other factors. But obviously the Rambam and followed by, as we said last time, the Smag and the Shulchan Aruch, poskin that you cannot use porridge. You need something that has a special aspect to it. It's logical to say that way, and maybe it makes sense uh, as well, but in terms, there is a difference, and the halacha does follow, as we can see here, uh, at least so we shouldn't be nervous, the halacha does follow that way, that it has to be something that you would dip and has a certain sense of specialty. Okay. Now, knowing that, I think we're going to be even more surprised by where the Talmud takes us. If we have time later, I'll show you how to look up a Rambam inside. Um, so again, a potato, we're going to talk about that. A, a boiled potato should be fine, Henech. We'll see why in a minute. Even though uh, Henech is right, a potato is like the same sort of nutritional starch thing as a, um, as a, uh, as, as, as porridge. Um, and, you know, especially in Europe, potatoes were sort of the, they took the place of, of grains and bread. Uh, so there there might be something to what you're saying, Hanukh. So anyway, let's take a look at some of the examples of what you can use for Erev Tavshilin. Let's take a look. Tani Rabchia. Rabchia, that's a big name. He is Yehuda Hanasi's student. And Tani means he taught. And it's almost like a brysa then, because it's something that Yehuda Hanasi's student taught, and he was really, in a sense, like the, the, uh, of the Tanoim. He was part of that period. And what has come down from us, from Rebchia, I'm assuming it is the original Rebchia, but it does seem to have, again, since that name is there, I'm going to assume it's like a Brisa, and it's a pretty powerful statement then. Adashim. Adashim are lentil beans. That's what an adashim are. In fact, in modern Hebrew, uh, an adash is your lens in your glasses. They call them adashim, right? Because from the word lentil, the reason why lenses are called lenses is because they had the shape of the lentil bean. That's what they look like. Again, so anyway, so adashim, the the lens, not the, oh, see, I got mixed up myself, lentils. Shebishule Kedera. Right? Now, Shule is Aramaic for a sole or the bottom of something. Right? Like the sole of a shoe is like Sule, like the sole, like the bottom. Sulia. Um, 
that they're at the bottom of a pot. So in other words, you are cooking up a nice pot of beans, frijoles, of adoshabir, lentils in this case, not really beans, I guess, but lentils. Okay. And now, what did you do? So that really was your yontif meal. You're cooking Erev Yontif. I don't know, I guess, for Yontif, or maybe it's what you're eating on Erev Yontif. Uh-oh. Now, oh, I need stuff for Erev Tavshilin. I need something that stands for a cooked item. Somach Alehen. You can rely. Smicha means like to, to push down on, relying on. You can rely on them. So it's even if you don't have your, uh, your, your filter fish, your egg, all you've got is the leftover stuff in the pot. You ate the most stuff. Thursday afternoon, Erev Yontif, you ate had a good meal, and now you're looking around. What am I use for my Erev? What am I use for my Erev? So, um, Rav Chia said, don't worry. Did you make lentils today? Yeah. Okay, there's probably some lentil stuff that's stuck on the bottom of the pot. Meaning it's not exactly what you would serve, uh, uh, you know, if, 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 if Queen Elizabeth came, like you, you wouldn't scrape the bottom. It has probably some of that, you know, potty material there. It's probably grimy and black. Are you going to, are you going to put that in front of a guest? Good enough. <laughs> it's boiled. It's cooked. Technically, it even, you can maybe use it as a dip if you can scrape it out. That's good enough. You don't even have to get it out of the pot. It's Bishule Kedera, <laughs> to the bottom of the pot. So Mechalean Mishu Okay. Um, the next thing Rabbi Chia said was a caveat. Now, again, if we'd be uh, having a shear regularly, I would say, all right, class, does anybody can guess what this is? Vaham. Now, Vaham stands for, I know uh, there are people out there who went to Yeshiva who know. Um, so if we've had it a couple of times already. So once again, uh, what I would say is print these darn things out. Print not the darn things, these beautiful things of, of the Talmud page out and underline the Rashi Tevos. Uh, I would also say, I'm not sure if he's selling them anymore, um, but my friend Tuvi Rutenberg, Tuvi Rutenberg has a store in Muncie called Tuvia's. And he produced, uh, I have one over here actually, uh, uh, an example, uh, a Talmud that uh, has all the Nekudot in. The Nekudot are in, um, i got it right here. Boing. This is an example of a Tuvia Gemara. You can see, I think it says Tuvias here on the, on the side. And in the, in the Tuvia Gemara, um, what they do is they, they have... Uh, all the, the every part of the Gemara is, is is vowelized, so you have the vowels and the kudot. You have the kudot on the side of the Gemara, and I'm sorry, every Rashi, Tosfot, and Talmud uh, actual text in the middle, there's vowels underneath them all. So you have no problem in terms of stumbling over what you're reading. It doesn't have some of the other bells and whistles that some of the Gemaras have. But I think for us, um, 
for you know people who are starting out or wanting to restart, that's a great investment. Uh, it's possible that uh, you know Kathy, I know was talking yesterday about the Corin edition of Steinsaltz. Maybe that's the same thing. But one thing this has, I'm not sure if Steinsaltz has. It's hard to see up close, but every single, every time there's a Rashi Tevos, it is elucidated on the side. So you can find on the side all the Rashi Tevos that are on the page. So you never have to worry. So that would be, that's a real great tool. And eventually it gets into your head. That's Tuvia's. Does that mean Harmony? Hani Mile. Oh, okay. okay. Very good, though. Hani Mile. Hamani is also a good guess. Hamani would be, who is that? Hamani. That is who? Mani is who? Hani Mile means those words are said, Vahani Mile, and those words, meaning you can use the scrape the bottom of the barrel or the pot, the Ispahu Kazayas. That's only if there's a, a, a substantial amount of it left. There's got to be a kazayas of it. It can't just be a couple of leftover lentils that are at the bottom. Okay. Um, now, let's see another statement. That was Chia. Now, again, I'm not sure who the Yehuda is, who is the father here. This might be the son of the great Rav Yehuda, who was one of the leaders of the yeshiva in Surah, in Bavel, in the, in the second generation of Amarayim, the famous Rav Yehuda. It might be his son. I'd have to look it up. But it's what is the Psak telling us? Shamnunis. Shamnunis is, comes from the word shamein, which means fat or oil or the, the gross material. The gross material, the shamaltz, <laughs> is the shamnunis. So, um, the Shamnunis shall gabi hasaken. The Shamnunis that's on what? The Shamnunis that is on the knife. What it means is a person was cutting on the knife. This seems to be even worse than the pot in a way, right? This is the stuff the guy was cutting and he's got, he's, he, he cut up his meat for for Yontif, or and it's on Thursday. Yontif is Thursday night. He's got meat. He's got stuff, and now the knife—that's what a sakin is—a knife. It has a bunch of fat material from what he was cooking or whatever he was preparing. Maybe he was cl- slicing kugel pieces. Maybe he was slicing pieces of meat. But the knife is dirty in a way, right? You would call it not dirty. It has it has food particles attached to it, shamnunis, fatty parts. Normally, the person might say, clean that thing off and throw the napkin away that you cleaned it with. But if you're if, if it's Erev Yontif and you haven't made Erev Tavshilin, what can you do? Gororo. What you can do is scrape the material off and say, this is my Erev. Vesomach I love Mishum Eruv Etavshilin. So you can't just keep it on the knife, sounds like, but you should scrape it off the knife and I guess put it in, put it all together. And that could be your Erev as well. And here, by the way, Hanuk, you see the answer to the Hey Mem again. Vahane Mile, 
That is, again, so now you know, Hani Mile de Isbuku Kazayas. That you have a, a total of a couple of ounces worth of volume of this fatty material that was on the knife. That could count. Okay. Now, um, obviously, this isn't the best way to do it. But if a person's in a pinch, you can. And you can make a bracha on it as well. Um, Rashi uh, points out, just going to do one little Rashi with you. Rashi says that You could say the stuff on the bottom of the pot, the lentils on the bottom, but you weren't even going to eat them. The fat on the knife, that's that's like doesn't exist to you. That's that's inessential to you. That's like not even there. We don't say that. We don't say that it's not important. It's like they don't count. Right, so basically, um, it's got to be something that was cooked from before Yontif. You have to have it cooked from before Yontif for it to work as Eir Tavshilin. And uh, we explained that, uh, and, and you can go back and listen to some of the fundamentals classes. We, I think we elaborate on why it is that way. But that's the rule. It can't be something that you make on Yontif itself. So this is stuff from Erev Yontif. And even though it doesn't seem to have a significance, we allow it to work. It's, uh, this is called a dispensation. It, it's good enough. It's good enough, even though it's a leftover stuff from what you did Thursday, it could still count as the beginning of your Shabbos meal. You've done your Erev Tavshilin job. And you wouldn't have known that from the Mishnah. You wouldn't have been able to imply that from the Mishnah itself. This is something that is Excuse something. Me, Rob? Rob? Yes. So Rav disagrees with Abaye. Right, so this is happening. Well, Rav disagrees with, uh, with, with Abaye, right? Okay, as far one as second. I'm gonna, let me answer your question in a second. Debbie is, is asking me, and I'm going to answer your question too. Um, this happens not on Friday, which is, um, which is Yontif. This is happening on Thursday afternoon, before Yontif. Assuming, let's say, uh, like in Israel, that Friday is only a one-day holiday. And therefore, uh, Thursday is Arab Shuas. Friday is Shuas by itself. So you, this would have to be done on uh, Thursday. Now, uh, Henoch is asking, uh, this seems to go against Abaya. Because Abaya says you need something that's, you're going to dip. It can't be, right? Something you're going to be dipping. Something that's going to have a certain significance. But, right, but right, right. Only, but not only that, something that's special. Right, that's what I mean. That's what I mean, significantly special. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it does seem to not jive with Abaya. That's a good question. Abaya seemed to, right? However, they're both, we are, if the halacha though, as you can see, follow the, follow the little letters, the halacha says it's okay. So the halacha has all of them together, Hedah. So the, the, the Rambam and the Bali Alocha did not see these as a contradiction. You can actually, you need to have something you, because technically, Hanach, 
you could use this as a dip. You're right. You got it off of the schmaltz of your knife, but you can still dip in it. Yeah, this is the stuff the, 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 the stuff that you scraped the bottom of the pot to get. But now, uh, look at this. You can stick your bread in there. So could you say, you could go according to Abaye and Bidyevin, you could go to Ravchia according to Ravchia? So, again, I, I would here, here would be the question. If somebody had the chance to, and he has enough time, to actually make a little kugel or make a little dish, make a little hummus, and set that aside for Erev Tavshilin. Or, he, oh, I got stuff on my knife. I got stuff that's on the bottom of the pot. Is that, would you tell the person, of course, set up, uh, make the hummus, make something special. Don't use the stuff on your knife. That's your question. Is that only a bit of it? Um, I don't have the answer right now. Logic is with you on that. Because come on, it's a mitzvah. You're doing something important with it. Why use that stuff? And it could, maybe it depends on how much uh, time you have. Like if right. you're on that much time, you go with the shemen that's on the knife. But if you have time to make something nicer, you go with that. Yeah. So again, I don't. I, I would have to see how the directions are are, are 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 given. I would say what you're saying sounds logical to me, uh, but the Gemara isn't saying that. The Gemara is actually putting them both together. <laughs> the Gemara is saying it should be something that you would dip in. It can't be something run of the mill. On the other hand, it could be something that <laughs> is only in your purview because it's a leftover stuff from stuff that you were doing on Thursday, and you can now change it. Um, one thing I, I will say, Henoch, uh, is that So this is actually going in the in the sheet of of, of Hillel, uh, uh, Sheila. We're going with the sheet of Hillel that this is the all you need is one dish. What I would say is that you can't just leave it on the knife. It, it seems like you need to scrape it off the knife. He says, right? You know, he says goruro. You need to scrape it off. So that indicates you can't just you have to have some sense of it. It can't just be. Well, you've got to give it some placement. That seems to be clear. Now, when it came to the pot, it didn't say that you scrape it out of the pot. <laughs> it sounds like they're still on the bottom of the pot, right? That's where they are. Hey, hey, where's your Erev? Well, it's in the pot. I didn't clean out yet. <laughs> that's where it is. That That's what the words sound like. It doesn't seem like you actually... Um, scrape it out. The stuff on the knife, the the statement from Rav Yehuda, uh, from Rav Yitzchak, Rav Yehuda, is that you scrape it. So it sounds like there is, you do have to give it some respect, but not so much. And and Hanach is right. From the Gemara before, it would seem that you need something that's special. I I, I think the two don't necessarily contradict with each other. <laughs> In your brain, you made it special. Yeah, that stuff, you know, keep that stuff, right? It's like a lot of people will say, you know, hey, don't throw out that gribelach. Don't throw out those uh, chicken. Like people would, um, people uh, normally, like if they want to have chicken that's not fat, so what would they do? Uh, they would strip the chicken uh, from the skin and eat this bone, skinless chicken. And other people say, hey, don't throw those chicken skins out. 
for me, that's like a tasty thing that I want to have. So you're right. In some ways, the attitude is this is really nothing. But but again, you, you never know. You could turn it mentally. Oh, I, I want to use those chicken skins. You know, um, my my grandmother Lashalom used to make them. She used to take those chicken skins and 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 and, and fry them. And they, I, they were called gribalach. <laughs> Today, again, that's like uh, yeah, that's like a, a recipe for for uh, for I guess an early grave <laughs> gribalach. But but again, one person's leftovers can be another person's caviar. But just do one last thing. We'll stop. Amaravasi amarav. So again, let me explain. Um, you don't need to. In other words, Debbie's asking, if I'm right, that you don't have to scrape the pot, yeah, leave the pot out. The pot has got the food in it. And that food counts. That food counts as the Erev Tavshilin to allow you to cook a lavish meal on Friday for Shabbos. That's the, the incredible thing about Erev Tavshilin, which shows you it's really, uh, it's, it's really just a fiction. Get, we'll do one last thing here, just so. Dogim ktanim meluchim. Let's say you have um, small fish that have been salted. Okay. Little sardines that you salt, preserving them. Ein bahem, when you look at those, let's say the person who salted them was a non-Jew. So now we're getting into a uh, another area. The idea of Jew non-Jews cooking for us. We call this Bishul Nochri. Um, this is something that the, there's a, 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 a... I talked about Masechtas Avodah yesterday. There's many Prokim and Avodah that deal with this issue. Eating food prepared by a non-Jew. Bishul Nochri, Bishul Goyim. So, Bishul Nochri, the idea that you're not supposed to eat food that a non-Jew cooked and made ready for you. That's a takana, and that's still relevant today. Much of Hashkocha work that's done by the OU and others is to make sure that that's not the case. That's why the Mashkiach is there. Mashkiach is there, turns the ovens on. Mashkiach turns the ovens on. Now, Let's say the fish, um, which is edible, raw. Okay? So let's say, but what the non-Jew does is salt it. Okay? Right? Now, or, uh, right? In this case, um, right? Um, because they're very salty anyway. <laughs> they come out of the ocean salty. And let's say the non-Jew uh, fixes it up a little bit. So, even though a non-Jew sort of like uh, roasted it or did something more to it, you are allowed to eat those fish. And this is one of the reasons why you can eat sardines and other things like that. We don't consider them 
uh, cooked by a non-Jew. Okay. And Amar Rav Yosef, V'im Tzolon Nochri, let's say a non-Jew decides to roast them. If a non-Jew decides to roast the fish, if a non-Jew decides to roast the fish, uh-oh, do I have something that I can't eat? Do I have something that's illegal for me to eat? Ta'alacha is, so aleyem mishum tavshilin. Meaning, and this is, I'll end with this, that we're seeing that Eruv Tavshilin has to be something that doesn't violate any other laws. It has to be food that you are able to eat halachically, obviously. The Chiddush here is, the novel idea here is, that even though this fish tastes different than it used to, and the only reason it tastes different is because a non-Jew has prepared it in a different way, you can use it for Erev Tavshilin. Because if you're allowed to eat it, you can use it for Erev Tavshilin. If something is illegal to be eaten because of a separate law, the law that the rabbi said that you can't eat food that was prepared by non-Jews, so obviously you wouldn't be able to eat, use it for a rift of shilin. So this is uh, not a this is an obvious thing, but it really now shows you that the Talmud has now thrown in another law. Not, not, uh, it's made us think now, not only about the laws of Yontif, it's also made us think about the laws of when non-Jews cook food for us, which is now going to be the subject as it's now going to be. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.